But you have people that are sinning, and because God hasn't judged them, they think they can get away with sin. But that's not true. And when you sin, you're going to be judged. Presently or in the future. No one gets away with sin and makes people stumble. When you stumble people, man, you're in trouble with God. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us for Raul's continuing series in 1 Timothy. Reflecting on the importance of humility and sacrifice in relationships, you'll be challenged to honestly evaluate your interactions with others. Keep listening to see that while it's easy to play favorites and treat some people better than others, God calls us to love as He loves impartially and unconditionally. Let's listen now as Raul Reese begins today's lesson in 1 Timothy chapter 5. Paul's going to address a subject of relationships. That's important. What kind of relationship do you have with Jesus and what kind of relationship we have with people? Do you really trust them? Do you really love them? Do you really care for them? Would you go out of your way to help them, to lead, to guide He starts out in verse 1. He says, do not rebuke an older man. So he's going to be talking to us about the young and the old. He's saying that a young person should not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, young men as brothers. So what I see here, first of all, older are not to be rebuked, but exalted. You're to make sure that what you're doing is what God declares in His Word so that they may become blessed and you can become blessed according to the Word of God. Because you notice how He started. Do not rebuke older men, but exhort him as a father. You see? As a father. One that you respect. The older person like a father. Respecting people, like he says here, as a father, younger men, as brothers. So brothers respect one another. I respect my parents. I respect my grandparents. Then I'm doing what God says to do. I'm loving and kind. And then God can bless me. God can do whatever he wants to do. And I want him to do whatever he wants in my life. Respecting people. He says in verse 2, Older women as mothers. See, fathers, mothers, and younger women as sisters in all purity. Isn't that cool? All purity. Older women and mothers, younger women and sisters as sisters in all purity. Verse 3. Honor widows who are really widows. So your husband dies, you become a widow. So here Paul the Apostle is declaring that, notice Paul's talking about church taking care of the widows. But then all of a sudden this widow meets somebody in the church and they start falling in love with each other and they get married. Then the church doesn't have to do anything for them again. They're on their own. 
But then there are widows that are trying to take advantage of people in the church. And they're living ungodly lives. Honor widows who are really widows. The responsibility that the church needs to have with these people that are really true family of God. Verse 4. If any widows have children or grandchildren... Let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. Then there were widows, right? The widows come along. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, so here we are, I have children, I have grandchildren. Let them first learn to show piety. Where? In the church? In the home. And to repay their parents. For this good and acceptable before God. They took care of you. Now you take care of them. They don't have. You give to them. Just like they give to you. And I think here in verse 4 we says. But if any widow has children or grandchildren. Let them first learn to show piety at home. You got to be an example. In your home. Your children. Your grandchildren. He says. And to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. You know, there are young kids that are living. They go to college. They come back. There's no job for them. They go back home. And what do they do? Their parents support them. You start using your accounts for them, your bank account, whatever it is. And they're taking from you. And this is supposed to be your retirement. Now you don't have anything for retirement. They should get a job. And I guarantee you, as he says in verse 4 here, he says, first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. The children taking care of their parents. I love that. And I think that when each one of our lives, if you have children, they're not taking care of you if you're older, and they don't show that they love you, And they're doing what they do in the home. They come and they drink in your house. And they bring in women into their home. That's your your, your home. Then that shouldn't happen. You have to give and say, you know what? This is the line. You can't do that. You got to get your own place. You want peace in your life. You don't want to be uptight all the time and hurting you. He goes on. Verse 5. Now she who is a real widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. Notice she's in an assessor. She prays all the time. This is a true widow here. She maintains a strong faith in God. She's not asking for anything. She's not in sin. But she recognizes that as her husband died, that God was going to take care of her. And she stays godly, and then God takes care of every situation in her life. But Paul's going to let us know in a second. If she's a widow, she meets somebody in the church, and the church has been supporting her. Then it's time to cut her off because they're going to get married, and they're going to take care of themselves. But also... If the church is taking care and she goes out and commits adultery or she fornicates, then the church immediately cut her off. You can't support anyone like that. You help people that are godly, people that are holy, as God is holy. He goes on and notice again, supplications, plural, prayers, night and day. 
Not just one day, not one night, night and day. We're supposed to have supplication and prayers. Verse 6. But she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. So here he clarifies it. As long as you live in sin, you are dead spiritually. Spiritually, you're dead. There has to be repentance. There has to be a place where you're not only living a life of holiness, but if you're living it up for yourself in sin, then how can God really bless you? How can he use you when you're living a life of sin? God uses people that are living holy lives. Yes, we trip. Yes, we fall. Yes, we sin. But you have people that are sinning, and because God hasn't judged them, they think they can get away with sin. But that's not true. You'll see in a moment, that's not true. And when you sin, you're going to be judged. Presently or in the future. No one gets away with sin and makes people stumble. When you stumble people, man, you're in trouble with God. But he who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives or he lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. God wants us to be blameless. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources to help you grow in God's love and build better relationships with others. You can also order Rawls' Doctrines book, Exploring the Divinely Given Gifts of Forgiveness and Salvation. Here's Rawl once again with the final part of today's study. Verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own... Now, get this. If you don't provide for your home, if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Husbands, you got to work. You got to work and provide for your family. A couple of years ago, they had this whole thing where the husband would stay home and the wife would go to work and he would stay home and take the children and cook because she didn't want to go to work. Imagine that. God has called the husband to work and to provide for his home. And if a husband doesn't go out and look for a job or you might be physically whatever, then that's between you and God. For a person that has a family, and you're healthy, and you can work, and if you don't look for a job, you're worse than an unbeliever, he says here, for not providing for your family. Husbands need to provide for their families. A wife is what? Is to stay home and take care of her children. And sometimes women have to go to work, both of a husband and wife, because they can't afford what's going on. But if a wife can stay home, awesome. Awesome. You stay home and you take care of your home and your children. You're cooking the dinners. You're washing the clothes. You're doing what a wife is called to do. And a husband is to go to work and provide for the home, husband and children, and then to be with his own children. And he's doing exactly what the Bible says. Husband, provide for your home. Just like he says here. But if anyone does not provide for his own Especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than the unbeliever. Do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number. 
And not unless she has been the wife of one husband. Notice that. Her husband dies, and she is now 60 years old. The church, is notice, is taking care of her, like he says here. But this is only one husband, not divorced, another, and then to take care of you. You get married to somebody, and then you get divorced, and you say, let the church take care of me. That's not what it says. He says, you take care of your own. They took care of you, now you take care of your own. You went in another husband, he needs to take care of you. Verse 10. Well reported for good works. If she has brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, if she has reviled and afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work, but refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, then they desire to marry, having condemnation, because they have cast off, what? Their first love. So in verse 10, the qualifications for official widows. In verse 11, that is when the church has been helping them financially, because they love them. And then as they break up their vows, you know, in the church, like I said before, they get into sin, then the church is to allow them to what? To leave the church and not take care of them. They got to go get a job and take care of themselves. Then he says, verse 13, and besides, they learn to be idle. You see, you have a young woman that's a widow and she's not getting married or she gets married and all she does is not have a job, but she likes to talk to people. She becomes a tailroad. Notice what he says, a gossiper. And beside, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but also gossipers. And they become busy body saying things which they not to say. They're infecting people. They're bringing people into a place where they're talking about them. And the Lord says, don't do that. Verse 14, therefore, I desire that the younger widows marry Bearing children, managing their house, give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. That is the devil. Notice, adversary is the devil. For some have already turned aside after Satan. Imagine how many people, not only God has saved them, and God has taken care of them, and all of a sudden they turn to the adversary, Satan, to the devil. For some have already left their first love. Already turned aside after Satan. You don't want to do what God says. You want to do what you want to do. Satan has been speaking to you. The devil's powerful. The only way to get rid of the devil is to have Jesus. And the blood of Christ you know, cover your whole life. And to be in the word of God. And to hang out with people that are right on in the Lord. People that you respect, people that are not going to make you stumble, and you're not going to stumble them. But you're going to rebuke the devil. And you're going to be in a place where those people that you know, they're going to respect you because you're godly and you're holy in the Lord. That's what God desires. Verse 16. If any believing man or woman has a widows, let them relieve them and do not let the church be burdened that it may relieve those who are really widows. Notice, the church will take care of the real widows, but you don't want to put the burden on the church when those people can take care of themselves. 
And then verse 17. Let the elders, notice official here, the local churches, the elders. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine or teaching and doctrine. Here he's going to deal here with the respect, the double honor here, teachers, God's word. Especially those who labor or serving the Lord and teaching God's word and paying them a salary. You're going to see in a moment. In labor in word and in doctrine, verse 18. For the scripture says in Deuteronomy 25, 4, 1 Corinthians 9, 9. He says, for the scripture says, you shall not muscle the ox while it treads out of the grain and the labor is worthy of his wages. Notice that. Those same words were used by Jesus. A pastor, a leader, we're running a church and the people know who he is and he gets a salary. They know that he's not taking advantage of the church. He says, then you are doing what's right. The labor is worthy of his wages. Then he says, verse 19, do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Well, today we can't really do that because if somebody came to me and accused somebody, it would be from a single person. But if you came with two or three people, can you imagine at that particular time, if somebody was in the congregation and had done something bad, then if you had two people, they could call the person out of the congregation. But imagine today somebody does something in front of everybody, man, everybody would be gossiping. So what do we do? We take people apart. We talk to them. We share with them. And then we find out the situation. And then they have to make a decision. But they can't stay here and continue in that with those accusations. Verse 19. Again, do not receive an accusation against elders except for two or three witnesses. Those who are sinning, rebuke in the presence of everybody. Whoa. That the rest also may fear. When you rebuke someone, what happens? It puts fear in other people. I charge you before God in the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels. And you observe these things without prejudice, without nothing, with partiality. Now, three things are here. Number one, the charge. By who? God, Jesus, and the elect angels. Notice that he says the charge, he's charging here. Charging. Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice. Doing nothing impartiality. Don't be a respecter of persons. And this happens in churches. God is no respecter of persons. If I become a respecter of persons, I'm not representing God in my life. I'm not representing what God says in his word. God does not have favorites. A lot of times people think that, but he does have favorites. All the same. All the same. Sinners, everybody the same. And then James writes about this in the book of James. That he's charging here before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the elect angels to observe. Notice that. To not to be a respecter of persons. Don't be that. Everybody you treat the same. You got to remember, 
Mothers and fathers, love your children the same. The same. Not one better than the other. In the same way with my grandkids. I love them all the same. Because if I love one more than the others, what's going to happen? The others are going to get hurt. And guess what's going to happen? It's going to start problems in your family. And as they get older, man, there's going to be big problems. But you got to learn how to get along with each other. Especially as Christians, you need to pray for one another. And allow God to do a work in your lives tremendously. That's what Paul desires. Verse 22. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share the other sins. Keep yourself pure. Notice that the importance to know and to practice what God says. A warning here. Now, laying hands on someone. Again, when you're in the ministry and you have somebody in the congregation just got saved six months ago. And you want to bring him into the ministry. Paul says, don't do that. Because he's just a new Christian. They have to prove themselves Months, years. And those that are mature, when you come into the ministry, you lay hands on them. Because they're going to be working for the Lord. They're going to be serving the Lord. They're going to be getting paid by the church. So you want to make sure they're mature. You want to make sure they're godly and they have a holy life. So they can be received and they can do what God has called them to do. Otherwise, big problems. Verse 23. No longer drink water, but use a little bit of wine. This is a good one. For your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Paul is not saying that wine is okay to drink. People taste it. Oh, I can drink now. Awesome. There it is. Well, go to Proverbs chapter 20. He says those that drink it are stupid. But here he's talking about in that culture, you know, it's like you go to Mexico, the water can get you sick. Chile, Colombia. When they come over here because of different water, they get sick. He has a stomach problem. He says, take a little wine, which they use for infirmity, for their stomach to actually heal their stomach infirmity. But this is not saying that you can drink. No possible way. He's referred again to wine as a medicine. A little, little thing of wine for your stomach's sake. Notice what he says there. Not to get drunk. Not to abuse wine in any way. This is why Paul makes it very clear. No longer drink only water, but use a little bit of wine for your stomach's sake. And for frequent infirmities. You see, he makes it very clear. Well, as you think about the habits you've formed in your various relationships with others, we encourage you to think about how you can show more of God's mercy, patience, and compassion. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's lesson is available in its complete unedited form for a donation of $5 or more. If you'd like to get a copy for yourself or for a loved one, call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' teaching from 1 Timothy chapter 5. We'd also like to offer you Rawls' book titled Doctrines, A Simplified Roadmap of Biblical Truth. With insight into sin, salvation, the Trinity, and much more, This resource will help you better understand the divine goodness that forms the bedrock of our faith. 
If you feel motivated to enrich your relationships with more godly love, act now to order Rawls' book titled Doctrines, A Simplified Roadmap of Biblical Truth. We'll send a copy to you for $10 plus shipping and handling when you visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. You can also order this resource by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves You Radio with Roll Reese is fully listener-supported. Thank you for the blessing of your generous partnership. Every gift is tax-deductible. Join us next time for the conclusion of our series in 1 Timothy. Together, we'll reflect on how we can better honor the Lord as we serve Him with selfless, undivided devotion. Now, with the closing comment, here's Rawl. Verse 24. Some men's sins are clearly evident. So, some people's sins are clearly, right now, you can see them. Preceding them to judgment, so we can judge. But those of some men follow later. God will follow later. Things that he didn't actually judge you now, you're going to be judged one day. And that's what some people say, well, God hasn't judged me. I guess I can continue to do what I'm doing. And God says, don't do that, Paul says. Because you are going to be judged. You're going to stand before God. And then he says this. Likewise, The good works of some are clearly evident and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. Men's works are seen evil or good and some are receiving not only a reward today but in the future they're going to receive a reward or they're going to be judged and they have to be chastened by the Lord. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.